0: Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Uh, Meanwhile, while you're looking forward to that, uh, you can turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to continue here in Mark chapter 4. And this is our last week on this passage. We've camped out on Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29 for some time now. And this is, I believe, um, unless the Lord just leads us on, this is the last time. And we're going to read it from the NIV again today. I I liked how we read from the NIV last week. And um, yeah, we're looking at this parable that Jesus shares in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's as if a man uh, scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he himself does not know how. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a seed that that you and I sow into the soil of our hearts and our lives and our family and, and even our communities. And, and, we, and we, we, we do that, and then we go about life. We, it says he sleeps, he gets up, and it grows, and he doesn't know how. Why? Because God doesn't need our permission to do his work. And so if we can keep going on to the next verse, verse 28 says, Jesus says it grows. Can we say those, those three words all together? It grows all by itself. That's how the kingdom of God grows. It grows all by itself. And that's how God produces growth in our life all by himself. God himself is responsible for our growth. And so this is what he says. Then he gives the process. He says, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel within the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, then he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So we do have a part to play. We we are planters and we are harvesters, but we are not growers of the kingdom of God. God himself is the grower of the kingdom of God. He's the one who grows faith inside of us. And so what we've been talking about is how that happens. It happens through a natural process. And so we've been looking at natural processes. And the natural process I want to look at, look at with you today is one called multiplication. The process of multiplication. This is a, uh, something that's true of all living things that God made. Natural things, naturally, they multiply. They multiply. This is God's plan uh, for His church, to be a church of multiplication. God wants a church that is multiplying itself, not grabbing members from other churches. That's called addition. But multiplication. Multiplication is where the church itself comes together and produces something. So multiplication is when something new is produced, and that's how God wants to grow the kingdom of God, by us coming together, witnessing, evangelizing, meeting new people who don't know God, sharing the truth about God with them, and then they become followers of God. That's multiplication. Now, of course, church hopping, it happens, and so people do hop from one church to, to another. Some of you hopped here from somewhere else. Uh, welcome in. We're glad that you're here. Um, some of you are about to hop out of here into somewhere else, and that's fine, too. God bless you. We love you. Um, keep hopping. But uh, when you're done hopping, <laughs> when you're interested in growing, this is where, this is where multiplication comes into play. Where we aren't just looking to add people into a, an organization called the church, but rather the church is the bride of Christ. And we're not just about growing um, people who sit here in these seats, but we're about growing people in Christ. So we want to see multiplication. And that's how the church grows. And I believe that City Chapel is a church that is currently multiplying. We're seeing people come to Christ. And uh, multiplication is a slow process at times. Sometimes it happens fast, sometimes it happens slow. We've seen both. Uh, When we were at the school, I remember we were uh, just two years old and we had our, our, I think it was our second Easter was at the school, our second Easter service. And man, we had a huge gathering of people, but that wasn't multiplication. That was a bunch of uh, people visiting, seeing if they liked our church or not. Turns out some of them did and and a lot of them didn't. And that's fine. So what happens is on Easter Sunday, you have a lot of people just checking you out. And throughout every single Sunday, people are coming just to see uh, what the vibe is and all of that. And that's fine. But but true multiplication is where disciples are made. It's where people are, are are changing the way that they think. They're changing not just their, their Sunday morning routine, but they're changing routine Monday through Saturday. It's shifting inside their heart and inside their family and in their parenting and in their interaction with their spouses. This is where you know that multiplication is taking place. So we want to see uh, multiplication. And uh, there's two points that I have for us on on multiplication. But first off, you just need to know that we we are a church that wants to grow, that wants to multiply. I remember uh, when I was, gosh, I think I was 17. I was at uh, a church that we were with from the time I was 10, and it was just a small church, and it never really grew very large. I don't think it ever grew more than like 25 people. So I guess you know, you can imagine it's kind of like a big small group, I suppose. And we were very close knit. I like that part of it. Um, we were very deep in our in our theology and in our teaching. I I also like that part of it. But we were, but over time, we I think we sort of got a, an us for and no more sort of mentality. And so I was 17 and I was talking to a, a, an adult in the church. He was asking me the typical adult questions, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? When you, when you turn 17, 18, everyone's asking, you: are you going to college? Are you doing this? What are you doing? Like you need to have this grandiose plan. Lucky for him, I actually did have a plan. From the time I was 12, I had a plan. And I said, well, you know, I'm planning on Uh, Going away to Bible college at some point here, graduating high school, going away to Bible college, and then coming back uh, to to the church here and helping, um, pastor and maybe being on staff, you know, and 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 implementing some things. and I and and I really think that we could reach the community. I really think our church could grow. And it was interesting. It still obviously made an impression on me. Just his response, his his face was kind of like he was kind of looking at me, kind of puzzled, like you know, and he's like really, you think you, you think our church could grow? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. I mean, I'm a naive 17-year-old. Sure, why, why not? We tell people about Jesus. We go out. We do programs. We, we reach out to the community. And, he's, and he just stood there. And he was like, huh, I really—I I, I just never really thought of that. And it was interesting to me how— It just—it made an impression on me, the fact that he had already decided that we really weren't going to grow. And I was already planning on that. I thought the whole purpose of us learning everything we were learning and growing in the ways we were growing was to eventually share that with other people. And, uh, man, it was just interesting how—and I don't even know if the pastor meant to share that sentiment— like, I don't know if the leadership was like the pastor and his wife. I don't know if they were like, all right, we need to tell everybody we're not going to grow, you know. I don't know if they meant, but, but somehow that, that, that thinking just kind of settled in on most of the people. They stopped inviting friends to church. They stopped talking to their neighbors about Jesus. They stopped caring much about those around them in that kind of way. I mean, we, we still cared, I suppose, but we just didn't show it in tangible ways. And like right down the street from our church was all these poor people. Like our church was in the middle of an incredibly poor neighborhood. And, I, and now I think back, like I drive through that neighborhood and I show, I show my kids like, all right, that's the building where our church used to be. And, I, and, I, and, 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 and there's another church just down the road and they have a soup kitchen. They're in that same town. And I'm like, yeah, like this is like we should have, if we would have been thinking about those around us or even just thinking like a living thing that multiplies. And I even mentioned that to the pastors one time. I, I, uh, years later, I had moved down here to Texas, and we were a part of Promised Land, San Marcus. And I was sharing with them some of the stuff we were doing and everything. And, and, uh, uh, and they were a little bit skeptical about some of the things. And I was sharing with them about natural church development and how the, the concept of multiplication. And, and they were just kind of a little skeptical. And I said, well, you know, like living things, healthy things that are like in the, in the wild, in the world, they, they multiply. Little bunnies have other bunnies. Trees have other trees. Like, like, they don't just stay as one thing. Like, they multiply. And they just kind of rolled their eyes. Oh, Harry, you don't really believe that, do you? And I said, yes, I do. Like, how do you—what like, are you talking about? But I guess they had—like, they had so, for, for 25 years, they had been like 25 people. And so they had just come to the conclusion that that might be true for trees and plants and bunnies, but it's not true for church. The holy churches are the ones that stay pure and small. Those large churches are compromising the truth. That's how they get all those people in there. They just say what they want to hear. They're tickling people's ears. And man, nothing could be further from the truth. There are some ear ticklers out there, absolutely. (laughs) But there is also a kingdom of God that is multiplying. And that that multiplication is not bad. It's not scary. You might lose your favorite seat. <gasps> oh, no. But at the same time, someone might get saved because you invited them to church. You know what I'm saying? So, And, and, and I'm talking about inviting people to church. Obviously, the church is much bigger than just this room. But I mean, you invited them to a women's event. I mean, you invited them to a care group. I mean, you uh, uh, Romeo and Jackie came through a Freedom uh, uh, a couple of days. With Kairos, yeah, the Kairos event. And uh, I'm telling you, like, the church is not just this room, this building on Sunday morning, but it's part of it. And uh, we are a, a, an organization that believes in multiplication. So if you're here today and you're, you're scared of change, uh, this might not be the best place for you because we're constantly going to be trying to change in order to multiply. So a couple concepts about multiplication. Uh, how, do, how do we become multipliers? How, do, how does God use multiplication in our life? Well, the first one is we have to release what we have. So multiplication begins with release. And this is one thing that uh, the church that I was a part of was, was very bad at. If you were talking about leaving the church, that was like one of the worst things you could possibly do. You're leaving the church, <laughs> you know? And there would be interventions. People would talk to you about not leaving the church and why there's no other good church around town. And you really should be in this church. Because the goal was like to retain. Was to, re- the re- like retention was huge. Releasing was not. But if you want to multiply, if you want to grow, if you want God to do his multiplication work in your life, you've got to get good at releasing. All right, and here at City Chapel, I think we're fairly good at releasing. When, when, when God calls people to Wyoming or calls people to across the street or wherever he calls them, like we bless them, we send them out in the name of Jesus, that's wonderful. And as we've released people, guess what? We've grown. It's fascinating, fascinating how you would think that in a in a concept of re- retention it's like no 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 if 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 people leave we shrink. That's not how that's not how multiplication works. Multiplication works that when you release that's when God works with multiplying what you have. And he's always been faithful to do that whether that's financially uh, here at City Chapel, uh, whenever, whenever, whenever um, you know, people who give a lot of money, when they leave and they go to another church, God has always supplied the need at, at City Chapel. In, in my personal life, as I've been quick to release what I have financially, when I've been quick to tithe and to give offerings to God, even when I feel like I don't know that we're going to make it, even when we're struggling financially, God has taken what I have given and he has pressed it down, shaken it together and then multiplied it and returned it to me. This is the the concept of multiplication. Release, multiplication begins with release. And so if you are tight-handed, tight-fisted, tight-minded... If you're if you're always just trying to retain everything that you have, you're not going to see the concept of multiplication in your life. So God multiplies as we release, and He does this in 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 nature as well. You have um, vascular plants in nature. Vascular plants are the kind that have little veins in them, like trees, uh, especially big trees. These are some of the oldest, most robust plants. In the world, because they have a vascular system, that vascular system can carry nutrients from the root system all the way to the to the tips of the of the of the highest leaf, and so that's wonderful, right? Uh, you, you, we we were teaching the kids about vascular systems a while back, and it's like, okay, uh, you and I have a vascular system. We got veins, and we have a heart that pumps blood through those veins. Right? Your car, if it's a if it's a if it's if it's a real car not one of those battery power, but if it's a real car, it's got a, just kidding, I just, if it's a, if it's a V10 car, it's got a, it's got, it's got a vascular system to it. You guys have a wiring system, that's a whole nother situation. Uh, You gotta, you know, solder things together, and it just goes... (laughs) The power of the Holy Ghost is right back there in the Tesla, um, but no. If you if you have a if you have a gas-powered car, it has a vascular system because its coolant has to run through the 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 the, the engine, right? And so and, and you have a water pump that pumps that that coolant through the engine. And in the same way, you have you look out in nature, you have these big trees. They have vascular system, right? Uh, there's there's nutrients pumping through it. Well, what's actually not pumping? Which brings about the great question, how do nutrients flow through trees? We know how they flow through our body because you have a heart that's constantly pumping. We know how it flows through a car because you have a a water pump that's constantly turning. But how do nutrients flow through trees? Well, through releasing. What happens is the, 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 the leaves, say on a large tree out there, the leaves, they have like little pores inside, little teeny little holes. And whenever they get filled up with, with, with enough uh, nutrients that they can handle, and that nutrient is then converted into water, and there's like a little bit of sugar involved, and I don't know. It's photosynthesis. There's some stuff going on in the leaf. What happens as, it, as it's converted into water, it gets too full, and it just can't hold it anymore. So it, it, these teeny little holes just open up and release moisture into the air. That's another reason why trees are so important, because they help seed the clouds, like that's why rainforest. That's why it keeps raining on the rainforest because you're rele- the, the, the trees are releasing moisture into the air, and that moisture is then gathering in clouds and things. And so what happens is, as the leaf opens up and releases some of that moisture, it creates a vacuum. Right? <laughs> Amen. Like a like a straw. You know, like if you have a straw and you suck on one end, you're taking the milkshake out of, out, out, out of the, the, the Whataburger cup. Come on, somebody. And then and, and, and what, what happens is, and then, then, then more milkshake goes to, where, goes to where the suction was. And that's what happens with trees. As trees release what it has, it then propels new trees to come for what it needs. And if, and if the leaf doesn't release what it has, it'll never get what it needs. And so the way that leaves get what they need is they release what they have the way you and I get what we need is we release what we have. Look, if you're dealing with sickness in your family or you're dealing with sickness yourself, go pray for healing for somebody else because as you release what you have, you get what you need. If you're dealing with financial troubles, sow into the kingdom of God. Help support missionaries. Help support the work of God around the world because as you release what you have, then God pours out to you what you need because there's no mechanical pump. Right? There's no water pump inside of our spiritual walk. There's no heart throbbing, pushing all the nutrients through. No, God works on release and receive. And as we release, then we receive. As we release, then we receive. And so releasing is so important to multiplication. It's the first step. It seems counterintuitive. I think I was talking to, to, to Jonathan this week, and he mentioned, he said, he said yeah, it's kind of like investing. I said, absolutely, that's exactly what it is. You're you're releasing, When when you're putting things into God's hands, you're investing. And that investment never sits there. It's dynamic. It's not static, it's dynamic, it's moving. It's creating something for you. And the same is true with God, that as we release things into his hand, as we stop trying to hold so tightly onto stuff, man, we hold so tightly onto stuff, especially when we feel like we're lacking, then we hold even tighter. Right? When marriage starts struggling a little bit, then we get even more obsessed. <laughs> we get even more obsessed with the issues. We get even more focused on fixing the issues, and we stop releasing. And it, yet it is a releasing nature, a releasing spirit, that, that when we place things into God's hands, like what if you place your spouse into God's hands instead of trying to make sure that they did exactly what they're supposed to do? instead of trying to make sure they're educated, instead of trying to make sure that they, that they knew exactly how you felt about every life, what if you placed them in God's hands? What if you released them into God's hands? What, what, what nutrients could God bring into your life as you release? Man, as we release things, then God brings things. And so many times he can't bring it because we haven't released it yet. And he's waiting for us to release what we have, so that he can bring what we need. Well, Pastor here, you don't understand. My my spouse really is really 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 ignorant. He, he or she really needs some help. I gotta I gotta hold on to them, or they they get all squirrely and all weird and all crazy. Man, don't you th- don't don't you think God can handle that? Like if you <laughs> if you place, it's not a good time to shout amen unless you're. Unless you're like under one, like that one over there. I mean, okay, fine. But but no, like as, as you release her or as you release him to God, it opens up the windows of heaven for you. Because newsflash, you also don't know everything. You also need a little bit of grace, a little bit of understanding, a little bit of forgiveness, a little bit of openness. And you'd be surprised that as you as you release as you release how it brings newness into your life. There was a there was a there was a counselor that I was telling uh, Jonathan about. There was a counselor who was talking about uh, this client of his. She was she was very depressed. She was very suicidal. And um, she, she, he had been working with her, and, and uh, she had a lot of loss in her life. Her, both of her parents had died. I think her only sibling had passed away. And She was single. She was in her 30s. She, she was feeling lonely. And, and really, she was just reaching the end. And she's telling her counselor that she's going to kill herself. And naturally, that's not a good thing. Counselor's trying to, trying to bring her back from the brink. And so the way that the counselor brought her back from the brink is he said, well, okay, um, so you've already made up your mind. You're going, to, you're going to kill yourself. And she said, yes. And he said, okay, well, then uh, let's, let's, just, let's just play that out. Let's, let's, let's imagine that that is the case. That's true. You're going to kill yourself. Now, what's going to happen to your money? She'd been saving a little bit for retirement. She had a little save. She said, I don't know. I don't have any family. I don't have any kids. I don't have any brothers and sisters to leave it to. And will probably just go back to the state. And he's like, well, that's kind of a waste, right? And she's like, yeah. So he's like, well, what if you just spent the money? You're going to die anyway. Uh, why, not, why not just spend it? Uh, why bother saving for retirement if you're not going to retire? And uh, uh, you're not going to live that long. And she says, yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So she, so she goes and she, she cashes out her 401k. She gets her, her little cash. I don't know how much it was. And she goes out. She buys some new clothes. She buys this car she always you know, wanted. She goes on a vacation that she would like. And, and she starts spending the money. As she's spending the money, she's living. Now, now, now when you're focused on depression and from somebody who's been in depression, I mean, if all you ever see is your deficiencies and how life would be better without you and yada yada, all, all that stuff, you can't argue with that. Because it's just it's in your head. And 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 so the so what the counselor with the therapist did is he got her out of her head. Got her thinking about other things. Got her thinking about a BMW, got her thinking about a vacation, got her thinking, and so she's starting to think about this other stuff. She's like, oh yeah, I wanted to go on this vacation. So she goes on the vacation, she has a good time. She comes back and she thinks, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe life isn't so bad. Uh, And so the counselor then begins having her develop uh, just just a talent, just one. Uh, If you just work on something. And so, and so she worked on, she had this big gap in her front teeth, which she always thought was really ugly. And she always, you know, blamed herself about being ugly. She had a big gap in her front teeth. And, and so the therapist said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you practice like squirting water through that big gap in your teeth? See how far you can squirt the water, you know? It's just stupid stuff. Right, and we, we're, and we all laugh at that. We're like, oh, that's so dumb. But I'm telling you, when you start doing, when you start releasing there's a significant amount of depression and anxiety that builds up when you're just always like this and you're retaining, you're holding. And if you just focus on just something else... Just something else. This isn't even a spiritual lesson. This is just 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 psychology, man. You should, so so work on squirting water through your teeth, how far you can. So she works on that for a few weeks. You know, she's like, all right, I got it down to like five feet or something. She's great. And so and so and so then the therapist says, hey, okay, so because uh, she she had mentioned in, in within her therapy that there was this guy at her work that she thought was cute, but she was never brave enough to approach him. And so then the therapist says, hey, uh, this this guy, I don't know, George, you're never brave enough. If to approach him, what if you just like squirted him in the back of the head, like like at the water cooler, and then just run away, I mean, you're gonna kill yourself anyway, so why not just be crazy, why not just be stupid, do something dumb, and so she's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess what do I have to lose, I'm, I'm going to kill myself anyway, so anyway, so, so, so she waits at the water cooler, she squirts him in the back of the head, he's like, looks around, she takes off running, and he's kind of like baffled by that, well, the next day, he shows up at the water cooler with a squirt gun, so then he starts squirting her. Then he asks her out on a date. Then they figure out they have some stuff in common. Then they get married. Then they have three kids. And, and years later, she's forgotten about suicide, about killing herself. Why? Because when we hold things in, though what we hold in, it just gets stale and old and deathly. But when we release, when we start investing in other people, in other things... And I'm not encouraging you to cash out your 401k, but I am saying, see, Pastor Harry said you only live once. No, no, that's not what I said. I'm saying it's better than killing yourself, right? But it's not ideal, all right? So save for retirement, do some of that. But at the same time, invest into the kingdom of God because when you pour into the kingdom of God, you'll be amazed how it's unrelated. You're like, you don't understand, Pastor Harry. I need help with this. And it's like, okay, fine. But if you sow into this, like, it just seems totally unrelated, right? Elijah, in the middle of a famine, approaches a widow, and the widow is about to die, commit suicide. She's about to die. She doesn't have any food. That's her problem. She doesn't have any food. That's the, that's the issue. That's her focus. That's all she's trying to look at. And Elijah comes to town, and he says, hey, could you make me a pancake? In other words, give up the one thing that you had left. And she says, Well, um, sure. So she goes home, she makes him, she uses all the food she's got left, all the flour, a little bit of oil, she makes a pancake, she brings it to him. Now, that doesn't seem like she's getting what she needs, does it? It seems like she's releasing what she has. Turns out, when we release what we have into the hands of God, we get what we need. <laughs> That's how God works this is how it works. And so and so we see this again in Mark. Uh, well, actually in, in every gospel, but in Mark chapter 6, there's a, there's a story which is in all the gospels, and it is called the feeding of the 5,000. Mark chapter 6, feeding of the 5,000. There's 5,000 men plus women and children who are hungry. They're all being taught by Jesus. Jesus is sitting outside on a hillside. He's been teaching all day long. They haven't had anything to eat, and this is what happens. And so If we go to, uh, yeah, verse 35, it says, By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. In other words, Chick-fil-A is not out here. And it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. That seems like a good plan. Right? Let's take a break. From teaching so that people can go get what they need. Cause in a in a in a addition, subtraction mindset, that's how you get what you need. You're missing something, go out and get it. Jesus wants to teach them a different principle. So Jesus says, I got a better idea. How about you? He says, You give him something to eat. I'm gonna use my phone to read from this. He says, you give them something to eat. Now, remember, these guys are in the same situation that that the other people are in. They don't have something to eat. They're they're in the same situation that that, that the the, the crowd is in. So the disciples are also hungry. The disciples are also desiring to go to Chick-fil-A. Right? So this isn't just a concern for other people. This is also a concern for themselves. So Jesus kind of illuminates that, and he says, hey, I have a better idea. How about you give them something to eat since, since, since you're doing so well? <laughs> since you're doing so great, uh, you got something. How about you give them something to eat? And, and, and then they say, wait a minute. That would take more than 110 uh, million million. <laughs> <laughs> 110, <laughs> <laughs> Eleventy. Eleventy million. I mean, that's a lot of money. I remember what's-her-face said that. The little, little girl said that one time. I thought that was funny. Anyway, they would take a lot of money. It's more than half of a year's wages. Going to the next verse. And he says, are, are, are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it, give it to them to eat? And then Jesus asks him the more important question. He says, how many loaves do you have? Right? So, so again, Jesus is getting to this idea that, okay, no, you have something. And you can give something. And this is how multiplication works. They're still thinking addition. They're still thinking we need to go purchase this so we can collect that, so we can put it together. No, he says, you just, just how many loaves do you have? So, so he said, go and see. Now in John's gospel, we find out that there is a boy among them who has a, who has a lunch. But anyway, in Mark's gospel, the, that's, uh, for Mark, that's not the key issue. If the key issue for, for Mark is that, that they, they found out they had five loaves and two fish. And so then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups, hundreds and fifties. Uh, Verse 41, taking the loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. If we could just stay right there for a second. This is is the way that, that Jesus is going to show them, not just teach them about multiplication, but he's going to show them. So first off, he says you need to release what you have. And so when they brought the loaves, so I got some, I got some loaves here, uh, probably roughly around the same size that they would have been. So I got five loaves, and um, I just wanted to demonstrate this here. Uh, yeah, here we are. So we got five loaves and two fish. I didn't bring any dead fish, but um, if I can, maybe if I can just get a couple of volunteers. Jonathan, how about you help me out? Babe, how about you help me out? Uh, Megan, how about you help us out? And uh, uh, Romeo, how about you? Well, we need 12, let's just be honest, right? So um, just to come stand up here, we need our 12. You can be Bartholomew. We'll call you Bart. I don't know who. I, I mean, the gender situation is a little fluid at this point. Um, can uh, Styles, Styles, you want to help us out over here? We need it. so we got one, two, three, four, five. We're only nearly half. Do, do we have any more disciples? Anyone else want to be a disciple? I got six. All right, come on, come on. Got some disciples up here. We need twelve. Just line up. I just because I think sometimes visual is is helpful. So spread out across. Spread spread out across. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, where's John? Here comes John. Here comes James. All right, here's James. Okay, lovely. So, so you guys, you guys, turn around, and face me. Okay. So you, so, so, so you guys just gave me these five loaves and two fish. All right. So, um, the fish, I don't know. I uh, let's just give Beth a fish. We'll just pretend to give you a fish, and we'll give Alex a fish. So you guys got the fish. Now, for the rest of you, we got these five loaves. Now, I'm not good at math, but we just Took two out of twelve, so we got ten people. We got five loaves. You each get a half, right? So we're going to give you a half. Now remember, there's five thousand guys out there who are really hungry, and uh, roughly around five thousand women probably, um, and then about eleven thousand children um, who are definitely hungry, and they're only going to eat like one bite, but they, they they want a whole they they want a whole happy meal. So so we're going to sort of distribute. So, uh, so, okay, so, 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 you, so you each have a half. And so now, uh, let's just, let's just, I I wonder if we can feed all the city chapel. Mean bread, keep bread. Well, I don't know. Like, you figure it out. Like, he didn't say anything. He just broke it, and then he gave it to his disciples, and they went and fed people. So I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys out. Yeah, you guys, you guys go, go, go feed folks and uh, help us out here. Help us out. So, uh, yeah, lovely, lovely. I mean, it's actual bread if you're... Want to eat it or whatever? <laughs> right, how's, it how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? We're doing good. Oh, thanks. All right, all right. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm. Mm. I just I broke it and gave it to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So did we, how did, how did we do? How did, how did we do? Did every, did everybody get some? did everybody get some okay so so hold up so hold up hold up what you got is that gonna okay so oh, wow who who gave scott the crumb is that is that even is that, is that just your hand or is something in that okay all right does anybody see how big scott is He's gonna give a little another little spot. Okay, now imagine. Okay now, okay, now imagine 21 days of prayer and fasting. You've been fasting all day. Is that gonna cut it? Come on, no, that's not. not gonna cut it at all. This is this is fascinating because I I had some thoughts when I was preparing the sermon. I had some thoughts. Jackie got a nice little nice little decent piece. I had some. I had some, oh, because Romeo, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's how it goes. I see it. I see it. I see it. I see how, I see how it goes. No, it's just interesting because I, 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 I had some thoughts in preparing the sermon, right? But really, it was going to depend on what you all did because I really didn't know how you're going to do it. And it's, and it's, and it's interesting. You, you, you still have, so some people had leftovers that they gave me. That's fascinating. Jesus is eating better than you all, all y'all. All y'all. Jesus. Jesus be eating better than Oh you got. It's interesting. And, and then, and like, you guys still have some left over. No, well, I What do well, you, you do now? I <laughs> they all blame the woman. Okay. I'm just saying. Adam, Adam, Adam. It's okay, Adam. We got you. We got you. It's all right. My wife gave the... Mm, yeah, oh yeah, she, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. But no, this is fascinating. Like you guys, you have like a piece 10 times bigger than what he got. Man, oh, this is, this is some good preaching material right here. This is some good stuff. Because this is, the, like, this is where the, the miracle would have broken down right here. The miracle of Jesus, we never would have heard about him feeding the 5,000 if this, this process... Happen like this Because like, And it's just interesting to see Some of our mindsets it, it, Like, like, like I, I gave you guys Like a, a half of a teeny little loaf Right And so you gave everybody else a, Like a minuscule fraction Of a teeny little loaf That's so fascinating Man I wonder if we do that so much in our life Like, like we feel like we're short And so we short everybody else because we only got so much patience and I only got so much joy and I can't waste too much conversation on you. I got to just give you just a little teeny bit. Fascinating, fascinating. And it's not not just you all. I think all of us do that. I I think think we get half a loaf and we feel like that's what we got for the day. And then then that, like what we have determines what we give. Or in Romeo's situation, really close friends... (laughs) Really, really. Oh, somebody else giving it to you? Oh, Romeo, you might want—I don't know to look into that. Check that out. See who's who's loading her up with the bread. Gonna have a talk with somebody after church. That's, it's just fascinating. But, but, wow. And 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 you guys, yeah, you got a pretty good piece. You got a pretty good. See, it's the nice people that got bigger pieces. That's what it was. It's all the social nice people that were just friendly folks. Oh yeah, you trying, trying to feed more with what you have? So 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 here's the deal. Here's the deal. One thing that's beautiful about City Chapel, which I can see just in this illustration, is that we're really good at trying to include everybody. We have a we have a vision for everybody. And that's what you're trying to say about Danielle's heart. I know. She helps you out I hear you I hear you I hear you oh yeah she is a selfless wife she'll 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 split her burger with you buddy it's all good oh you, 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 you oh, look at that but what happens is but what happens is sometimes we're so we're so concerned about about meeting everybody's needs that what happens is we forget that God is able to supply all of our needs, above and beyond what we can help other people with, we can we can do more. God can do more with our little. Gentleman. All right, that's what I'm talking about. You can you can go ahead and be you can you can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Can be seated. What? So he got a little bigger piece. Now, what was interesting? What was interesting is actually like some people didn't didn't come back at all. Babe, you you just got rid of all of yours and just hanging out. All right. Now, Ro, I I, I I think, but I think that's what some of us do. We pour out all that we got, and then we sit down. So there's two things. One, we need to release what we have, and that's good, and that's important. But the second thing is we need to relay what He gives to us. If you merely release what you have and sit down, then what will happen is only the people that you're able to bless with that little bit of bread will actually be fed. And they won't even really be fed that much. I feel like like we're starving. Like we, we have so little. Because these disciples, man, they also hadn't eaten. And like you guys brought bread back to me because Jesus hadn't eaten. But yet, but yet Jesus intended for you to just, not just give a teeny tiny little bit to everybody like it's communion. This is an actual meal. This needs to feed them. So here's the deal. Some of our levels of generosity need to rise above the levels of our resources. Our burden for our community needs to rise above our ability, our perceived ability to meet their needs. If your burden is capped by what you have in your hand, you will take a half of a little loaf and you will give everybody like a a dropping and imagine that it was done. Okay, well, that's done. We'll move on to the next person. Cool, that person got a little bite. We'll move on to the next person. It's the poverty mindset that everybody gets a little bite and nobody really gets what they need. But that's not how God rolls. Like, that's not how God arose at all. So honestly, like, 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 when I when, when I read the story, I just wonder what, what happened. Like, I don't know how these disciples handled it. Maybe they first did that, and maybe one guy went to a group of 50. This is a little more than 50 in here. And maybe he had, you know, one, he had them in groups of 50. And so he had this one half of bread, and he's like, okay, so here's a little bit for you. Here's a little bit for you. Now, you have a little bit more than that person. Let's kind of mash that together, and then we'll give this a little bit. And it's like like, I, I wonder if he did that and then went back to Jesus and was like, well— um yeah you know, that's that's it I'm done. Right? Whereas I don't know I feel kind of like Peter probably would have taken the half and been like um thanks Jesus this is great. I'll I'll eat this and I'll feel better. Uh maybe maybe James and John took a half and just chucked it to one person. Cuz literally if you're really hungry even the half of that little thing isn't going to really do it for you, but it's like this is all that I have, so here you go. But at any rate they came back to Jesus and then they were shocked to see Jesus whip out one of these guys. And they're like, well, I just split half. I just split half. Like, 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 like you know, like Sylvia is, is having to have lunch like this. And, and I mean, can, like, like, can you imagine the disciples when they come back and Jesus is like, cool, Bartholomew, here you go, man, take that. Come up, wonderful. And then Bartholomew's like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Suddenly, yeah. And then, and, then, and then Bartholomew's thinking, well, there's not going to be any left. And then Jesus whips out another one. And he's like, hey, uh, Andrew, I, I, don't, I think you could use a little more. So then Andrew's going, so I need to go back to those same people now. Obviously. And, and then really Jesus just kind of just kept, just kept pulling out these massive loaves and started just handing them out to the disciples. The disciples are going, I think I shortchanged you, sir. Um, uh, how about I give you a little bit larger piece? Like this was like, but 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 can you see that Jesus? Like, because we all approach Jesus. That's right, Jonathan. You don't actually like the demonstration's over. It's all good. <laughs> You're just passing it out. I know. It's uh, okay. He's just gonna alley oop it, dunk it in. Okay, but like, the, but 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 it's just. Like, Jesus wanted to show them that his idea of multiplication is different than ours. Our idea is, okay, I have this amount. I'm going to pass it out between a few people and, oh, I multiplied it. Jesus' idea is you have, you, you, you have something from him. You pass that on to somebody else. Then you come back to Jesus and he has something so much greater than you just passed out. See, if, if they would have known... Like if you guys would have known that the, I had these in there, you probably wouldn't have went through and did the little, you know, little, little bite per person. Probably would have said, look, here's a half. I'll be right back. But, but, but Jesus, Jesus knows that we don't know that. And we often don't live as if that's the truth. But man, what if we lived as if Jesus actually has more than enough for me, for my family, for those around me? what if I lived like that? What if I, what if I released what I had? What if I poured into somebody else? what if I came back to Jesus? And said, Jesus, there's still 49 other people in this group that are hungry. And I believe that you have enough to feed all of them. And then Jesus hands me this, and I'm like, awesome. And so then I go to the 49, I'm giving bigger. I think we would give a lot bigger. I think we would give a lot bigger. I think we would be a lot more generous. I think we would be a lot more generous with our time, with our money, with our, with our emotional uh, stability. I think, we'd be, I think we would be a lot more open and we'd give a lot bigger because we, we believe that God was bigger. We believe that right, that right there, if I came back to Jesus, like some of y'all even brought something to Jesus. But that's how we live, isn't it? It's like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to help him out. It's like we we, we imagine this, 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 like like we're so used to being poor. We're so used to having so little. We're not used to being children of a king. We're just so used to having so little that it's it's a good thing. Like you guys brought back some for me, and that was nice because you like me, and I'm your favorite pastor, and so that's lovely. And, you know, my birthday's next week, and you can remember me then. And that's great. No, it's, it comes from a good heart. You know, it really does. We, we give stuff back to Jesus out of a good heart. I mean, we're, 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 we're piecemealing this to all of our friends out of a good heart. Because we want everybody to get a little something. Like I said, it's coming from a good place, but we don't understand. It's coming from ignorance, though. It's coming from a, a good place that's an ignorant place, that doesn't understand God's version of multiplication, that still thinks I'm limited by this. Yeah, and the truth is, God is not limited. God is not limited by what you have in your hand, even if it's what He just gave you. That's not the it. That's not it for the for today. Like what you got in your prayer time this morning, that's not that's not everything. Like literally on your ride to work, there can be a whole there can be a whole lot more. Literally while you're at work, there can be a whole nother loaf. I mean, seriously, we don't see the miraculous power of God because we ration out the bits that God has given to us and he wants us. He wants us to give liberally and freely, and then come back to him and say, "God, I'm running on empty again. I need some more." And then he'll say, "Okay, here you go. Here's a massive loaf." And then we'll take that. And 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 and, and did you did you notice? I, I don't think I don't think I have all the passage. But at the end of this story, uh, Jesus said, "Okay, now go and collect all the leftovers." And they collected the leftovers, and those leftovers fit into twelve baskets because there are twelve disciples. So each disciple like even though he's probably nibbling on it while he's passing things out, Jesus is also thinking about the disciples. So they thought they gave too much to the people because there was waste and some of the kids didn't finish their little their little their maybe they handed an entire like here you go bud. Like but so it's like wow, this is wasteful, but it's not wasteful cuz Jesus was measuring how many crumbs were going to fit into 12 different baskets. Why? Because God when you, when we when we release things to him he multiplies it and when he multiplies it we are supposed to relay that to other people and when we relay that to other people then he makes sure that we get blessed far more than any of these other people get blessed he makes sure this is the principle of overflow that he wants to bless our family our marriages our emotions our finances our lives at this level that's so much even greater than we're able to bless other people and it's not always from an overflow. That, that, that also is interesting. Is I, I didn't see any of, any of the disciples eating it while they were passing it out. And I think that just speaks to the selflessness of City Chapel. We're just like, no, 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 I'll give some to you. And, and I think we understand that physically. But do we really understand that spiritually? Do we know that we can also feed people while we're hungry? I've had some people say, well, I, Pastor Harry, I can't, I can't serve in that ministry. I can't be in that leadership because, well, you know, I'm still trying to figure things out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had to know everything before you were in ministry. Like, it's a good thing. It's a good thing nobody told me that or I would never start at City Chapel. In fact, I never would have been on staff at Promise Land. Heck, I never would have responded to the call of God in my life because I didn't have all things figured out. I couldn't answer all the questions, wasn't sure what the Bible said about this or about that, and I didn't have it all figured out. Well, guess what? You can actually not have it all figured out and still give what you've been given to somebody else. Like, you can still say, okay, I'm still kind of hungry, but here, let me give something to you let me bless you, let me, let me pour this out to you, and then as I do that, I come back to God, I come back to Jesus, and Jesus fills me up, and then I go relay that to other people, and then he restores my soul, and then I relay that to other people, and then he restores my soul, and there's this cyclical process of release, restoration, receive, and, re- and relay, they're all ours cuz I'm a pastor and that's how it works it helps me remember <laughs> we we release and then we he restores and then we receive and then we relay and then we come back to him and we receive and then he and then we relay and then we receive and then we relay and then we receive this is the principle of multiplication so that multiplication isn't us just just trying to to drum up multiplication it's not us just meagerly kind of giving out little bits to people, but rather it's like, no, no, what do you need? What if we what if we could see the scope of the need, not just the limitations of our resources? And I and I say it's kind of a poor people thing, I think, because I think poverty doesn't let you think like that. Poverty doesn't let you think like dreams. What would I like to do? Nobody you you you, you don't you don't have time to ask that question. Like when you're physically poor, you just—it's it's not what do I want to do, it's what can we afford, right? So you're capped, your vision is capped, your dreaming is capped at what you can afford. And some of us are grew up that way, and some of us are still there. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when that poverty mindset transfers into the kingdom of God, it's like, no, 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 you, you, have, you have to flip that. You have to think differently about the kingdom of God, because, because what, what can you afford— the nations for his inheritance. That's what, that's what his budget is. How many people can be saved? The entire world. That's who he died for. His working, his operating budget paid for by the blood of Jesus is enough to save every single individual, no matter their issue or background or reference or current religion that they subscribe to. Like literally, like, and, and, so, and, and so we have to get out of the poverty mindset and into a kingdom mindset that God has this idea that, that he's wealthy, and he's emotionally wealthy, he's spiritually wealthy, and he's financially wealthy too. And so if he calls you to do something, hey, God can pay for that, God can handle that, God can deal with that. If he, If he calls you to share with somebody, hey, God can soften their heart, God can change their mind. If he calls you to invite somebody to church, hey, God can move in their life. Even if they don't come to church, but God can still do stuff even when you can't see it. And so so we have to start asking ourselves with regard to multiplication. We have to start asking ourselves not like, like, okay, how much time do I have? How much money do I have? No, no, no. It's where does God want you to go? What is God calling you? What's the vision God's put in your heart? And let that vision breathe. Let that vision sit there in your prayer life. Let it, let it, let it well up in your worship. Let it be there when you, when you join here on Sunday morning welcome people. Let it stay in your heart when you go to women's cup decorating day or whatever you guys called that thing. Like, like, like even like in those circles, like if, if, if we expand our vision beyond simply, well, I guess this is what we can afford, then we'll always be capped. We won't reach what God's potential is for us. So multiplication is where we turn to Jesus and not just to what is in our hand for vision. We turn to Jesus. Now you have to be smart financially and once again, don't cash out your 401k to go buy a BMW. That's not smart. But at the same time, don't go buy a BMW to not tithe because that's the exact same thing. Because you're taking... What is in your hand, what you could release, and Jesus could multiply, and instead you're just, you're just chewing on it. You're just eating it. That's another thing, man. If those disciples would have just eaten all the bread instead of passing it out, the miracle would have stopped right there. Because Jesus said, I want you to take this, go give it to other people. As they gave, then Jesus had more to give to them. And as they gave, he had more to give to them. And as they gave, he had more until they had 12 baskets left over, which is why God's not against BMWs uh, Or Vipers or any particular Nice car Like God's, 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 God's got a basket with your name On it And he wants to just hand it to you right? And the way that that basket gets full Is the overflow of what we Give to others So that people turn around and bless you So that people turn around and open the door for you People, uh, obviously some people Give you bigger pieces than others And help you out and God uses those people to be a huge blessing in your life, like He's used in my life. And so, multiplication begins with release, continues with relay, and as we relay, after we relay, then we receive. And so, hey, if you want to be a, a multiplier this week, would you just stand with me? Uh, you're not going to get a free piece of bread, um, but if you just stand with me and just and just say, "Lord, I'm here. I'm, I'm here." Uh, Before you to be a disciple Just like these 12 folks That came up willing to distribute Father we're here right now We want to be Receivers of your grace And releasers or Relayers of that grace to others And so if that's you Would you just put your hands out in a posture of receiving Like father give me The bread that you want me to give to other people Give me the finances you want me to sow into your kingdom, give me the, the joy you want me to sow into your kingdom. Give me the, the house even. We, we went and prayed over Mary's house. She got a new house and it's not just her house, she's giving it to the Lord to use for, for, for his kingdom. So it can be a physical thing that God gives us that we relay or it can just be a vision. Father, open up our eyes, let us see vision. Let us see people that are hungry around us. Let us recognize them. And just even as as these 12 walked around this room, we started looking for everybody. Lord, may we do that in life. May we look around for everybody. May we be aware of everybody that's hurting around us. May we be looking for that. I mean, it's it's just a matter of looking. It's a matter of saying, okay, I have something to give. Who can I give that to? people that are hurting, people that are looking for encouragement, people that are looking for peace, people that are looking for Jesus. Lord, you bring people to us who don't know Jesus. Maybe they've heard of him, maybe they grew up in church, but they don't know Jesus. Bring them across our path. Let us share the bread, the actual bread, the bread of Jesus, the bread of life with them. Father, we make ourselves distributors. We make ourselves available to you. We're your disciples. We're coming to you, and there's more than 5,000 people here in Austin who need to be fed. It's more than that. The need is so great, and we can get so overwhelmed that we do nothing. So, Lord, let us do something this week. Give us vision. Open up our vision beyond what we currently have, what, how much free time we think we have. <laughs> how much uh, money we think we have, how much wisdom and knowledge and Bible knowledge we think we have. No, God, we, you'll give us more Bible knowledge. As we share what we have, you will supply the words. You said when we stood before people that we wouldn't know what to say and then your Holy Spirit would give us the words to say because we're short on words because <laughs> we gave them all out and you said you would download words to us. You would download wisdom to us. You would download knowledge to us. And so we receive, God. We want to receive from you. Fill us up. Fill us up. Give us bread. Give us our daily bread. And then open up our eyes. Open up our level of vision beyond just what we got. Open up the level of vision to the level of need around us until everybody is filled it's what Scripture says, that they all ate until they were filled. So even with all of the things that we're doing, we're not happy with just feeding kids, keep kids fed. We want them to be filled with the knowledge of Jesus. I don't just want them to eat, want them to go to heaven Till everyone is filled we continue to work for that. We continue to look for that. and We make ourselves available. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah, you can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Meanwhile, you're dismissed. Feel free that if, if you want to eat the bread. I mean, it is good bread. There's nothing wrong with it. I just bought it at Walmart. And uh, thank you to Amy for cleaning up all the crumbs. She's going to clean up all the crumbs.